What is up, everybody? Welcome to Toffee Blues USA, your source for all things Everton, American style. Uh, Jerry, I am, as I tend to be, uh, joining you. Yes. Recorded from, yeah, I went all Yoda. Joining <laughs> 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 you from, to record it from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And uh, joining me again, it's been a little while, but he's back. We've got uh, Forrest coming to you from annapolis maryland forest oh yeah thanks thanks for being here again man happy to be here jerry you know it's 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 been a long time and i think i've gave you the cold shoulder not gave you the cold shoulder but you know kind of had to had to turn down a couple just because of work and and the way life is but it's good to be back and talking with you well i have a tendency to be like okay so it's wednesday and we're recording wednesday can you record wednesday like in a few hours i didn't right. do that like and i'm just like it. ah why did i wait and i was like oh yeah life that's why but uh mm-hmm. and, and there was one time we we had you slated to to record and it was a flight issue yep. and it yep. was like again it was your life happening yeah so yep. what do you do um word so forest We've been talking, uh, full disclosure, everybody, Forrest and I actually spoke before we actually started the show. I, I just I just wanted to tell you that. Uh, he told me he's got something coming that he's doing next week. And I feel like we can all learn from this being, you know, I, I realize there's a lot of English Evertonians who watch this show, but especially the, the American toffees that are out there may, may have interest in this. So Forrest, what's going on next week? Yeah, so... Um... My girlfriend and I, we are going to the UK, leave the day after Thanksgiving, and we'll get to go to the Derby. I uh, just got tickets earlier this week, and yeah, I just, I can't wait. I'm it's I'm tickled. It's been a couple of years since I've been back. I've This is like my third Derby I've gone to, maybe my 10th or 12th match. I just, I try to go every year, so it's, I'm really excited. I can't wait. Holy crap. What was your favorite one that you got to watch? Favorite match overall? Uh... I see. So my first one ever, oh, it was probably yeah, it was Newcastle away, uh, and that's that's a long story how I even got ended up going to that match. But yeah, it was Newcastle away, and uh, I, it was that, that my first ever live Everton goal was that Baines free kick from like forty yards where he just like smacks it with his left foot, Holy and it just crap. curves outside. Yeah, the Premier League Twitter account just uh, tweeted about it, and I and I, I responded to them. They're like, oh, what a, an experience that must have been. But uh. Yeah, that, that was it was it was a great. We won two one, and like the Newcastle's away sections, like up like ten flights of stairs. So you climb up them, and you know you get a good workout, and you come back down, and you know you've you've had a couple, and everybody's singing, and it like echoes through the concourse and through the stairway. So you've got like a hundred, you know, hundreds of Evertonians coming down singing. It's it's a, it was a very cool experience. Okay, that would be. Jeez, so you got to do Newcastle away, mm-hmm. and you go, you go every year. To, to catch a match yeah um so this year you're going and you set it up initially with your with your girlfriend as being but then you realized oh wow i am gonna have people there i know yeah so who, yeah let's just make sure everybody's aware who who's gonna be there that yeah there's one person in particular that the show knows 
Yep. So, so a couple of other uh, Carolina Toffee guys, Roger Smith and um, and Cam. And I'm totally blanking on his last name now. Forgive me, Cam. Um, they're going to be there. Um, and I totally, I, I found that out a couple of weeks ago and, uh, it's going to be a good experience seeing them. I, I can't, I don't think I've hung out with any other American Evertonians when I've been in a match before. I've always got my own mates over there that I've seen. So yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing them. I, I hope we sit close to each other. I'm kind of like in the corner of the lower Gladys, like right in the corner. It's where my, my mates and I guess what, like his singing section are sitting. So we're going to be there, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I, I, I hope I see him. Um, I think. I think Cam's already asked me about uh, where we should go for a pint. Um, yes. And I've got, I've got some suggestions for him later. Yeah. I fully understand that question now from the mailbag, Cam. Yes. Yep. He asked that and it was a little winky smiley or something. And I was just like, wait, why are you, are you wondering where I'm going to be and where I'm going to go? I'm like, I don't know if I'm going anywhere, man. I think I'm trying to rub it in. <laughs> and then I'm like, wait a minute. And then you said you were going and that makes yep. Makes more sense. Yeah. Oh, I can't well, wait. So, so if if I'm if I'm Jerry and I want to go to the Derby and I want to get that process started, but I, I clearly can't just decide the week before to do it. Uh, or I think it'd be very difficult, right? So, how does that process work? If you know, what what am I supposed to do if I want to go see the Derby? Let's say I decide I want to do it in like maybe I don't know. August or July. Yeah. So uh, I've always, I, I, whenever I go over, I always try to fly to Dublin um, because it's the cheapest place to fly to in Europe for an American, especially, you know, if you live up in the Northeast, especially Boston, it's going to be a very cheap flight for you round trip, one way, you know, one way or one way, I'm sorry, round trip, uh, no stops, nonstop. That's a word. I can, I can, I can speak, but um, <laughs> yeah, you know, you'll, you'll words. Have, very yeah, good. Words good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh so so and then you can just get a cheap flight uh from dublin to manchester you get a little ryanair flight the one time mm -hmm. i did that it cost me 25 dollars for the flight your bags cost way more if you have a bag you need to check in it'll cost you like 50 bucks mm -hmm. like they they're not nice about it um and then so I, i'm lucky i have friends over there that i'm able to stay with so i typically don't have to um to pay for accommodation um the one time i did guys i, I this time I can't go for a very long time. I'm only going for 10 days. Yeah, I say it's not a long time, but it's a decent amount. Um, but I've gone for like a month, month and a half before. Like I've, I've really gone for a while and soaked in Liverpool and traveled around the country a bit. Um, and hostels are always your best trip. Like hotels can be really expensive in the UK. Like I'm, I'm talking, you know, hard to find one under a hundred a night. Um, it can be pretty dang expensive. So yeah. a hotel or like a homestay, even Airbnbs are kind of expensive too. And you're just going to get a room with like a, a freaking single bed in it. And it's going to be really springy. Um, but it's, it's, you know, the experience is worth it. And as far as buying a ticket for a match like the Derby, it's tough. I had to, so Everton have like a resale platform where their season ticket holders can go and resell their ticket to somebody so that if they can't go, somebody else can. Um, yeah. That's great that, that they do that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's it's awesome. it's a lot better than StubHub. It's a lot better than any other third-party ticketing uh, app or company because it's just going to cost you a lot less in the end because it's going to be face value. So I paid forty-five pounds each for the two tickets I bought, which it was about one hundred twenty dollars, which is great. That's a really really good price for for especially a match that big where it's going to be hard mm -hmm. to get tickets. Um, 
so so that, that it seems like if you just monitor that a couple of weeks before a match, if you're planning on going, like you'll you'll find a ticket. You'll find somewhere mm-hmm. in the ground you can sit. I you know I found tickets next to each other. Like that it's it's a very good platform that they've got. And then if you know somebody too, I mean you can always find a ticket. Away away games are a little bit harder. Um, okay. Because most Premier League clubs, I'm pretty sure all of them do, they have like an away credit scheme. So you have to go to a certain number of away games to be able to continue to buy tickets for them because they have, you know, know, small allocations, maybe 1,500 to 3,500 people. So you have to really have an end with somebody, you know, know somebody over there or or just ask around on Twitter or or, or if you're in a Facebook group, ask around there. Um, And you'll you'll find somebody who's willing to, to help you out as long as you are courteous about it and you have to be kind of discreet too because the away followings are very very uh how do i put it set like a set group of people it's always the same people that go on the aways are very dedicated gotcha. they spend a lot of money to do it so yeah. you you know i don't don't go out there and be um the typical american tourist don't do it <laughs> just just go just go and soak it in and, and be a normal guy going to watch the footy and you'll you'll enjoy it a lot more that way because it's it's a an away game is fantastic especially when you win that's <laughs> it's a really good experience. It really is. It's it's worth way more than a home match, in my opinion. So I have a question mm-hmm. about so two things. All right. Number one, uh, clothing. <laughs> right. I, I want I want to get that out of the way because I have a feeling there's certain things that will immediately immediately tip you off as as you know being american dude who maybe never been before and sure that yeah. kind of thing uh yeah so i, I want to ask that because you know it's almost like going to a club for the first time you're like what do you, what do you wear there I, yes I right know. what's the vibe so, yeah well, i mean really yeah, <laughs> yeah I, i'm I really it. curious because i get it and the other thing i was going to ask you about is like behavior yeah you know like is there a certain like you know, if you're if you're in a singing section, but you you're I mean, let's be frank, you've never gone to a game. So do you really know songs? Uh, how does this how you just so give me a little bit of for sure. Yeah. I, I feel I feel silly asking these questions. No, it, at the I, same I totally time, I'm it. like, this is my way to ask. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I think something that gets lost in in translation when it comes to Premier League matches that you are in another country. You're you're in a different culture as as much english as they speak and as much um as they seem you know just like us because they're speaking the same language and eat the same food etc for the most part it is a very different place um i've got a couple of stories to tell just just really short like this one time i went to a, a match we played stoke at home and i was trying to sit next to a friend so instead of going to the seat where I had a ticket, I just sat in the seat next to him. And eventually some guy started shouting at me because his daughter was like sharing the she- seat with me basically. And I was, I was yeah. very sheepishly like, God, I was like, sorry, man, I just read my ticket and went and sat in my seat, which was like five rows back. Um, you, you, you just, you just need to not really uh, make a fool of yourself. People, um, they're used to the people they sit next to, especially if they're season ticket holders, they, they know the crowd around them. Um mm don't you know if you don't sing don't see don't worry about it. it you know there's a it's a big stadium the areas where they really sing are the gladys so so the lower gladys upper gladys is really the singing part of goodison it's where the energy really is it's where people typically just stand up throughout the match especially like a derby they'll just stand up the whole time 
Yeah. Um, if you if you want a bit more of a, an atmosphere where you can sit back and just watch a match, the park end, the Bullens, the main stand, so any of the other stands really, especially especially the main stand of the Bullens, which are the two on the side rather than the end. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a little bit more family friendly. It's more people just go to sit and watch watch the match rather than really uh, get involved in the passion and the spirit and the tribalism uh, that is yeah. English soccer. Um, but the Gladys is where it's at. I've never sat in any other part of Goodison other than the Gladys because it's just it's where it's at like i've had some very good experiences there the first the first match i went to at goodison was a derby um it was 3-3 three, three. uh lukaku scored, scored twice you know i, I it was pandemonium pump pandemonium that crazy game that we deserved yeah. to win and they yes. got fortunate to tie us yeah like it was martinez's first season and we were playing great football you know we were playing really yes. well um lukaku was really coming to his own um and and we really played them off the pitch the second half. Like we really did. Mm-hmm. We, I think De La Feu had four or five chances where he was basically one-on-one and he missed them all because the guy just could not, when he was, the, when he was on loan with us the first time he could not score, he was a young guy and he just didn't have the composure, but mm-hmm. we really, I mean, that was a game we should have won. And we, we took the lead in the second half off a corner like that. I remember sitting there cause I had a great view. I saw there and watched the corner come in and Lukaku just head it straight into the goal and man, it was like, it was, again, it was just chaos. You know, you got people yeah. jumping up down there, the weight of people sometimes because they're celebrating. Some will fall down. The <laughs> people will literally fall down, like fall down rows. It's kind of a thing that happens. Um, I think, I think I like shed a tear because it was just so much like happy. Emo- it really was just yeah. like this very joyous emotion of thousands of people around you. Just, just, it's called limbs. Like they call it limbs where they're just, yeah. just, just hugging each other. Like, it's a, it's a very special experience to be at a game like the Derby because when Everton do score, when they do play well, it's electrifying. Like outside the ground, it's electric. It's just you can feel it build in your chest, the tension and the anxiety and the hope and everything just builds up for you that whole match. And then you get in the ground, you get in your seat, and you're you're even more nervous because Jesus Christ, it's like <laughs> it's real at that point where in the ground, it's real, it's real. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Um is so if you've got let's say you're watching with a kid um like uh like do you uh, certain considerations in terms of seating in terms of like different areas of the stadium sure um as as far as a kid goes man i mean you can bring a kid into the local lattice nobody's gonna kick off or anything Mm -hmm. there's plenty of there's plenty of kids in there it's not Mm. Like, again, it's not a dangerous place. Goodison is not a dangerous place. This is not the 80s where they had stadium disasters because they had safe standing and, and they're just trying to pack people in. Yeah. Like, it's sad. It's, and I don't like bringing it up, but that is a past of English yeah. soccer where they've just had people who've just tried to pack in the stands too much and had things yeah. happen. Um, the city of Liverpool knows it very well, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's very safe anywhere you go. I think if your kid is brave enough and you're willing enough that to sit in the lower Gladys, especially if you're in a big game, sit in the lower Gladys. If it's mm-hmm. a game against like, you know, Watford <laughs> or, uh, or Burnley or something, you know, sit somewhere else in the ground just to get a better view. You know, I always mm-hmm. think sitting because the one time I've sat on the stand, I know I said I hadn't sat in any stand but bar the Gladys, but I won a trip to see Everton play against City. And uh, I won it from the That's Premier League, and so I, sweet. I sat in like the uh, and like the the press box basically. Like I, I sat. I was right behind uh, the some commentator. I can't one of the NBC ones. I can't remember who it was now. Arlo White. It was Arlo White. Um, 
<laughs> and I was like, I was like right behind him. He was the was only one I was gonna say. It was gonna be like yes. Arlo. Arlo. Yes, Arlo. it was Arlo. Yeah. Um, and oh funny, gosh. funnily enough, at halftime, we, we lost that game. We got smacked by City. It was when Allardyce was manager. Um, oh, one so, of those right, not it was, base games. Uh huh. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, and like at halftime, we were down two 0 and he's like took it off. And he's like, "Well, that was fucking dreadful." Like, it, hope that doesn't ruin any rating for your show. But uh, no, they, no, this, we're doing like, all right. <laughs> he, he was he was he was cursing a lot. Like after like he took the second he took those headphones off, he said about six or seven different curse words. I'm like, he must have been like really wanting to release that. Like that was building up in him throughout the whole first <laughs> half. Um, but just at anywhere you sit in the ground, it's going to be safe. Honestly, if you bring a kid, you know they're going to have a good time. People are going to look out. They're not going to you know step on them they don't have to worry about getting crushed or anything. It is very much a, a safe experience for children anywhere in the crowd. Yeah. yeah. I just wasn't sure if it was kind of like, there's sometimes, you know, uh, I figured safety wise, it was fine. It was more of a like, Hey, you're not supposed to bring kids here. You know no, what I mean? No, or anything not at like all. That. No. Nobody uh, would care. That's, that's cool. Um, that's good. Yeah. Um, that's just I feel like I, so question, do you pre-drink, and then, it, and then at halftime, go have another pint mm. and then go back. Or at, at any point, are you pieing it up? You know, like, oh. is this? Is this... Oh, cherry, cherry. I eat my weight in pies, man. When I go over there, I get my fix. <laughs> like, <laughs> I get my fix. Like, I've been, I've been running and working out pretty hard this past month so that when I go there, I can eat a pie every day and, and be oh, like, okay, gosh. well, I'm not going to be massive when I come home. But like, yeah uh before the match you're always you know you go i'll be with mates so we'll go and get a pint at um you know what i might as well i know we'll probably answer that in the mailbag but since we're talking about it i'll go ahead and yeah. say where, where to go and get a pint before the match um the winslow hotel's right next to the grounds mm -hmm. um it's a great great pub it's usually really busy though so you know just understand that it's going to be kind of shoulder to shoulder um but it's okay. it's a pub that's been next to goodison for maybe a hundred years Dixie Dean drank there. Like it's, it's got a lot of history in it. A lot, a lot wow. of history in that place. It's, it's a really cool blue. It's blue and white and inside. You can tell it's an Everton pub for sure. Um, the Royal Oak is like, it's just down the street from Goodison. I, that's where I first drank when I first started to go to the match. Um, mm. And it's not, it's a nice, it's a nice pub. Honestly, it is. It's very classic British pub, you know, with like dark room and the red carpet and green pub seats or whatever. Um, and then the brick is the other one. I don't, the brick's different. The brick is like, um, it's the pub where you would say like the hooligans, quote unquote, go to. Mm -hmm. There's not really like a sect of hooligans anymore in, in any club in the Premier League. Like they still kind of have their own thing, but it's not like it was. Um, mm -hmm. But that is where if something's going to kick off, it'll be at the brick. Um, and that may be why I've heard yeah. of it. Yeah. The only yeah. experience I've had there. Yeah. I was, I went to a, a Derby at Anfield. Um, and I went with some mates and beforehand we went and drank at the brick. And when we walked up from the brick to Anfield, cause it's just a mile up the road, we had a police escort. Um, and things kicked off like up the road, like then we, we got up the road, we're going around Stanley park and you pass some Liverpool pubs and somebody at one of the pubs threw a bottle into the crowd of Everton fans. And it's just, it, and it, you know, it was just crazy stuff like that. You know, there's clashes. It was very intense, very exciting. It, it was kind of funny. I had a, I had like a bottle opener because mm -hmm my friends and I, we had bought like some bottles of Heineken from a, a little yeah. con a convenience store near us. And uh, I still had it in my pocket. I'm like, wait, if I go into the grounds and they search this me and find this, they're going to like kick me out. I might get deported. So I took it and I like threw it into the park. I just, I didn't know what else to do. Like, I was like, I can't just like, <laughs> like should I just hand this to a cop and be like, what the fuck are you doing? And like, take me away. And 
he won't know yeah. because they're all like hyped up in that moment. You've got cops on horses like riding around telling people to move. It's yeah, very I, like, yeah. Very I would have cool done experience. the safest thing. I would have done yep. the safest thing. You know, I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I will, I will take the loss on this bottle opener. Yes, I, exactly. Yeah. Done, yeah. Cause I, especially at that moment, you know, where you're kind of like, you got to make a decision fast. Yep. Otherwise yep. you're like, you know, you lose, you lose this or you lose like being where you are. Exactly. So, yep. Yeah, like yep. Absolutely. Mars, that's crazy, man. That's awesome. That's and that's next um, week. And the yep. and the Derby is uh, the week after. We before, yeah, yeah. At Wednesday. Yeah. Are you seeing any other games besides the Derby? So the, kind of the way the trips lend itself, I don't think that'll be a possibility. I the only other game that's going to be in the time period that I'm there is Brentford away. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm going to be up in Edinburgh. I'm going to be, and that's all the way. It's a London away. Um, it's like an eight-hour train journey. It's it was like two hundred dollars for the ticket, um, for like the train ticket. And then because Brentford's a ground, Everton have played at for like sixty years. Everybody wants yeah. to go. As so tickets are impossible to find. Like I, I could fly. Like I thought about buying a ticket in the home end. They had a few available, but I just I couldn't make the trip. I'd have to go from Manchester to London and stay there overnight. And it's just but the way it worked, it wouldn't work out. And then we're leaving. The day we leave is Arsenal at home, and I just wouldn't be able to make that work either. So it is what it is. You know, I'm glad yeah, we're getting still... one, and it's a big one. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. I'm getting the derby. Plus, yeah, you're not in a situation. You're you kind of you do this yearly. Now, I know mm -hmm. some folk, like if it's their first time and they don't know when they're going to go back in the near future, they're kind of yeah. like, okay, I want to pack every kind of game. Yep. It doesn't have to be just Everton. I want to see every league, every uh, okay, yeah. level, I'll try to. every everything. Yeah. You know? I'll try to. I've done that before. I've been to I've been to a League One game before. Um, I've been to like some like Sunday League stuff too. Um yeah, I watched Oldham versus Lincoln City. That was League Two, actually, a couple of years ago. It was actually really cool because Lincoln City were playing really well at the time. They were top of League Two. I think they won the league that year. So it was cool to see them play. It was like a 1-1 draw. It was super cold. Um, and it was just very unique to be in that atmosphere because, of course, it's still professional soccer. But mm -hmm. it's hard to find a comparison to it in the U.S., maybe like, like kind mm -hmm. of USL and NASL to a certain extent. But yeah. I don't, I think the stature isn't the same just because of the, the longevity of these clubs in the UK, just because they're very community based and have been there for 50, 60, 70 years. And Oldham used to play in the Premier League. Like it's just, it's, they've yeah. got a lot of uh, pride behind their supporters and behind the, the way the club is run. You know, it is, it is, it was a very cool experience to do that. And it was like the stadium was like set right in the middle of this town. Like there's houses right there. Exactly. Like Goodison mm -hmm. is like, it's it's cool to see that because every stadium is unique like that that's very cool yeah mm -hmm. i'd love to be able to check out games like that one day. yeah and we'll I see we'll yeah. see if i can get to one yeah I, I think yeah i think i might try to go to glasgow and see rangers play i, I like rangers oh, i was i wasn't sure if you were gonna try to go see something in uh in scotland i was that was gonna be my other question is if yep. you're gonna try while you're up there so, yeah i was looking at at the edinburgh team's hearts and i think it's Saint something. I can't remember who the other one is. Hearts and Sun and Mids. Harton and Hib Hibernian. That's who it is. Hibernian. Hibernian. Hibs. Yeah. Um, Hibs. Yeah. Nip, neither one's just, it's just not going to work. It's okay. If I can just no, get the Darby in, I'll be good, man. And then I'll get my I mean, fix. I mean, to be honest with you, that's like the, you know, crown jewel. The of game. The, the game. Yeah. Right. It's, Especially yeah. if we can win. I haven't seen us win one yet. So. Goodness gracious. Because the, the Anfield one was the one where Pickford, you know, 
you know what happened. You know what happened. We kept the ball in, and then the 93rd minute, last kick of the game. Yeah. That's like a nightmare. That was a nightmare. God. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we got to cleanse. Do a cleansing breath on that one. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> so, uh, Anyway, I appreciate you sharing all that and you being like, yeah, so, like open and uh, patient with, because I know there's there's a lot of stuff. I think a, a lot of times, you know, with when you're thinking like, oh, I'm American. I go to watch an American team and I got my my jersey with my favorite player's name and number on the back. Sure. And clearly yeah. people are going to be wearing that, right? And sort For of like, the most part. Yeah, there will be people. Yeah, of course. Sort of. You know, like adults, it, maybe not as you, much with the names and numbers. You're not going to like people. I mean, the people that are going to look at you weird, they're not going to say anything to you directly. It's not going to be a problem where somebody's going to be like, you don't belong here. Like, it's not right, what Everton right. is. It's not what Everton be, is, are, especially. Be yeah. Mumble, mumble. You know? Yeah. I mean, and to each other, right? Like, oh, I wonder yeah. if he's for. Like, my, my Newcastle Way, my first match, I wore an Everton shirt with a name and number on the back, yeah. like out from the bus into Newcastle. So, and like, I, I could have gotten beaten up. Who knows? Like, because I was at a away, away game in Newcastle where the fans aren't too nice up there. So, yeah, it is what it is. Like, just, just, you know, go and be yourself. Don't, I don't know. I, for me personally, I don't like to, to make it a big spectacle. I just want to go and enjoy the match and be another person that's, who goes and enjoys the match. Exactly. And I think that's the best way to do it is to just take it as just another person enjoying the match. Don't make it like this big thing. Like, you do what you want, take your pictures, like, enjoy it. Like, remember. the moment and give yourself something and it's not going to be around forever i think that's the main thing if you get the chance to go and see it go and see it and enjoy it and take it in for what it is it's a very beautiful old historic stadium that houses yeah. the club that you love very cool oh my gosh so that is a that is a heck of an opening segment my friend i appreciate it was very that. long <laughs> uh, no no it, no it trust me they get they get longer than that man uh so uh let's I will say we can transition now, though, into the mailbag, which uh, I, I have given, like, no attention to. Um, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and try to figure that out. Our, from Twitter, our, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Uh, we are the very first, or this is technically the second question, but you've already mentioned it. Uh, Cameron from Carolina Toffees asked, what pub do you hit for the Derby? Some friends from the area are apparently going to be there as well. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more, that kind of thing. So, uh, so uh, I, I, yeah, I can only uh, tell you I will uh, be drinking coffee at my place of uh, business. Make it an Irish coffee. It's okay. Yeah. Oh, Just sneak I, a little I, Bailey's. I'm sure. <laughs> I, I'm sure the good folks at my uh, my office would be totally cool with that. Um, <laughs> performance actually gets better. Uh, uh -huh. so, so, um, by the way, before I go read this next question, I noticed something. Every time before mailbag, uh, John, Toffee Blues John, uh, puts out a tweet that says, and, and he puts out stuff on Reddit, where he says, hey, Jerry's going to be joined by so-and-so. Well, today, you know, Jerry's going to be joined by Forrest uh, recording. Do you have any questions? And I'm just going to say this, uh, something I noticed. It got retweeted by, to me, like, is like big time Twitter Everton celebrity. And I geeked out a little and, and, and I, you know, just peed just two drops of pee. Cause it was so Who cool. Was it? Chico Azul. 
Oh, Chico. <laughs> Good old Chico. I'm like, oh, my Chico. favorite comedy writer who also happens to Man. be an Everton guy. And, guy. And like, like he retweeted it, and I was just like, <laughs> he gets people on strings, man. He's great. I love oh Chico. Gosh, what a puppeteer. <laughs> he really is. He's a mastermind. He really is. <laughs> William, my favorite words in the Pied universe. Piper, man. <laughs> favorite words in the universe is when I look down my timeline and I see like Keith or one of the other names he's got just says, watch this. I'm like, oh, hell, here it comes. Uh-huh. What fan base is he messing with now? Yep, so exactly. It's just big, big fan. And he keeps it real topical, you know? He does so oh, well. Gosh, it's brilliant. <laughs> and then and then he does it and all of a sudden he gets one right. Uh-huh. And oh my yes that yeah <laughs> the gerard thing <laughs> he was like everyone's like oh he's days ahead like how did he know all of a sudden his credibility is like skyrocketing <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah he's good man so uh so the reason like i because i like, the reason i mentioned i remember that is because uh i'm about to read one from aaron free who is uh comes on the show a lot and uh he is uh the bowsy toppy tit that always uh you know has been contributing to the show for a while and, and i i've seen him respond to chico a lot they've been so i was just like oh holy hell chico's taking part and i i geeked out a little bit so yeah thanks thanks to someone who's probably not watching the show but thanks thanks Appreciate chico that, as all um so uh aaron uh in our in our moment with bowsy toppy tit uh thank frank the international breaks over would you sell pickford to spurs and if so what price and who is the replacement oh shit i did not research a replacement no replacement i I would i I do have one in mind i do have one and i think the name would be i think it'd be nice for a lot of american evertonians here i'll just say it's zach stefan i knew you were gonna (laughs) say that as soon as you said americans i was like oh it's stefan Zach uh, stuff. I think I don't know. I think you know. I doubt he'd cost too much, but uh, I, I can't would. see. I've seen him play a lot. I don't think he plays too much for City. I think it's definitely Ederson, and mm. and that'll and he'll play every now and again. Um, but dude, you know, I wrestled with that with this question earlier today when I saw the news that Conte wanted him. Like, at first I was like, no, there's no way he'd go. I don't think we'd sell him. But then I was talking to a friend of mine, and he really kind of made me think like yeah i mean if we got like say 60 million for him because we paid what mm-hmm. 35 from sunderland i think he'd worth be worth 60 to 70 i mean he's, he's still got he's only 27 28 years old he's gonna have another five six years where he's gonna be able to stay at a really good level um so i think it could happen i think he's at the right age where if, if they are willing to put up really big money for him a goalkeeper mm-hmm. is not an area where you have to spend a lot of money to replace and and still get decent quality um so i could see us letting him leave um the only issue and the only problem i could see arising from that is if you let one star leave all the other ones are going to want to leave they see it become it could become a revolving door and especially with the Mm -hmm. financial situation we're in right now we can't spend money we're really tied up against financial fair play right now um it could be a case where you're like oh well then richarlison you know wants to go to psg and play with neymar and Calvert Lewin wants to go to who knows United or yeah, or yeah. City. I you know I could really see City going in for him personally because like mm. they need a striker and he's English. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens with with Calvert Lewin. Um, I'd love to see him stay. Of course, you want to see him all stay, but 
it could it could be a case where we we start selling people again just because of the way this club's been ran for the past few years, unfortunately. Yeah. Like I I'm kind of while you were talking, I was kind of like, yeah, yeah, you know, I I I you know, because immediately you're like, well, I don't know that we're like club wise, we're at a point where we just can't sell players. Like, you know what I mean? Like we don't sell players, you know, right. I, I feel like it's uh, like you get to a point where, I mean, to be frank with you, we, we need money. Yep. You know, we have positions yep. we couldn't fill this summer because we we're out of balance where things are not balanced right now. Mm-hmm. And who's the, who is the, the most replaceable piece, you know? I will say I, I remember what it was like before Pickford came in. It yeah, sucked. Joel really and and a, and a very very fading Tim Howard, unfortunately, and Steckenberg. Yeah, we just rough. yeah, it was it was tough to see uh, the way a lot of Evertonians kind of turned on him because he was just he was just past it and, and still getting yeah. played. Um, I think that 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 last season he had with Martinez that, that Martinez's first season, I think that was really where he he that was his last season where he was really in top form. And after that, it was downhill for him and it just wasn't recognized at the time. And, but he, he was a great keeper for us. And I, again, like you said, I think if you pick a position that would be the one you could replace the easiest, I think it'd be goalkeeper. I'd agree with that because I think that there's, there's goalkeepers out there that can fit our style. You know, I think what Pickford brings in terms of distribution um, and like his penalty stopping ability and stuff, I think it's very valuable, but mm-hmm. maybe it's a luxury for us. Maybe we just need a goalkeeper who's just good at shot stopping and we don't really need to worry about his goal kicks. And, and I'll go out on a limb and say, I don't think Pickford has been great this season in terms of mm-hmm. like his distribution. I, I mean, I don't think the whole squad's been too great either, especially the past few weeks. But, you know, it, if we sold him now, I think it would be. It just it would be a position we could replace him with, and I think we get good money for him too. I'm not hype about selling him in, in the winter yep, window. Though, of course, I will tell you. Oh that. no, that wouldn't uh, happen. I don't think that happened. That's hard, you know, to give up a major starter at a position that's yep. so hard to potentially be buying a player that hasn't been a starter for a while. Like yep. it, let's like you you mentioned you know Zach Stefan as an example. You know yep. he's been a backup at City for a couple of years. Before that, he was a starting for Dusseldorf on a on, on loan. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember where he was before that. Uh, if it was, if he was in America before that, or if he had one additional year of being mm-hmm. on loan somewhere, but, uh, but yeah, man, it's, it's a risk during the winter. It's a big risk to, to yeah. a, a position of stability like that, yep. um, to trade out. Um, and I don't really feel like we're feeling secure enough about our backups to take that kind oh, of risk. No, winter. definitely not. No. Very no, I, I could, though, later. We couldn't do a Begovich for six months. I think that'd be really, really tough and would yeah. put us in a lot of trouble. Yeah. So I'm okay with the with uh, with it, you know, first thing in the summer. I'm okay with that entertaining that. It balances some things out. We can uh we can spend, we can fill finally fill the gaps because we there, of which there are many. Um yeah, yeah, Jesus. I'd, I'd that like midfield. To, yeah. And 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 the backups for left and right back. Holy crap you know yeah i mean it's been godfrey on both sides so it's that is what it is and i think i think against spurs he he was a little bit more back to his old self it looked like but it's, he can't play every position in the back line he just can't yeah. and 
we need to have natural right and left backs and we don't yeah. <laughs> we have yeah. we have nobody really yeah stop gap every once in a while but uh-huh. i don't want that to be the rule um uh do you think delph has stepped up recently to push a move to a decent team for free at the end of the season uh i think he stepped up because it's a contract year for him and i think you see it in every sport when it's a contract year for a player they typically perform to the best of their abilities or at least attempt to do that because they're trying to win a contract whether it's here at everton whether it's at another club if you know I think in his mindset, he probably wants to play for another few years. He's still of an age where he could at a decent level. And whether it's with us, I don't think it'll be with us. I think that ship's kind of moved on. He'll, you know, get a good seven months of play with us because I'm sure there'll be opportunities for him. And then he'll move on somewhere. So it's it's probably just him for it. It's just saving his career, just making sure that he can keep himself fit and just find a place for him to stay. I could see him moving to MLS personally and doing really well there. See, I can't immediately, say I asked that same question of myself, dude. Yeah. Uh, MLS versus like a championship team, which I actually yeah. sort of hold the championship in higher regard yeah. than MLS. I agree. Um, I agree. Which completely. I, yeah, I figured you did too. Um, yep. But I didn't want to just necessarily assume, just in case, and be like, no, let me just yeah. say something that's totally obvious. And if it's not your opinion, <laughs> then I feel like a dick. But it's, it's okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I could see him doing that because I could, I, I, he seems just, his game just feels very, I don't know. The way he understands the game seems very like I understand the English game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's the way yeah. the way he comes across, like that's the way he plays. And so right. I, I feel like he could, but I also feel like he's the kind of guy that if it, if the if the level he plays at is too low, his pride would say, ah no. Yeah. Well, and I, I think it'll be that. a money thing too, maybe. I th- mm-hmm. I think at this part of his career, he'd be a little more money motivated. So if he could just go to MLS and get like a a DP contract or something, right? And, and make a few million. And, and of course, taxes are going to be better for him too, honestly. Like there'll be a lot of factors for him to, to move to an MLS club. So we'll see. Here's I mean, we'll question. see what happens with If him, you're yeah. an MLS club, do you pay the money for a player that has injury problems like that? No, what? No, you'd be crazy too, honestly. See, that's You'd really see, be crazy I mean. too, yeah. That's what's it's, weird I, though, is yeah. the idea of it's, spending a spot on him. Yep. It's, it's going to be on if somebody needs a player like him in a position where he can play. Honestly, it's, it's, it's all it's going to be for him. And that's all he's going to try to prove for the rest of the season. And I hope he continues to put in good performances for us and, and, and find some modicum of form that keeps up because mm-hmm. we could use a freaking midfielder who can win the ball back and, and spray a pass out because we don't really have that bar decor. And mm-hmm. even decor. Yeah. Yeah. That's all we have really. Just our midfield is very, very light and it'd be yeah. nice to have at least one extra option. Just one, just a little, uh, just one. Yeah, you hear these rumors. Benitez wants a decore like player. Well, of course he does. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody wants a decore like player. Right? <laughs> All right. So that is, oh, yeah. Aaron's last question. Why did you choose the pain of supporting Everton? I think we've talked about this before. What? It's, I didn't choose it. We're chosen. Come on. Really? <laughs> uh, I, I will be honest. I don't think I knew. It would hurt this bad. Didn't know what you were getting yourself into. <laughs> but, it, but I'm yeah. okay. I'm doing yeah. all right. I, yeah. I don't know if I knew I was going to get this like hooked with my teeth this sunk in. Um, yeah. Which I think is a testament to the team and the culture and the people and the connections. For sure. Yes. You know? Um, yeah. I, I definitely <laughs> think that the, the, the fans 
and the way the club presents itself brings a lot of people in but now we need to be a club that has what happens on the pitch and the results and the trophies we win bring people in like yeah. no you don't want you don't really just want a bunch of glory hunters supporting you because then you kind of lose the heart of the club you just get people yeah. who just want to see when something win right. but oh, could you imagine what it would be like to win something as an evertonian come on oh i dream of it i honestly do i, I somebody if so, some copite's going to listen to that and hook onto that and like make a video of it and be like ah no evertonian's ever going to win anything like just like because they yeah it they're copites you know how they are but uh yeah they're, they're it'd be really nice Yes, it'd be really nice to see us win something. I would. Oh, I'd give a lot. I'd give a lot to see us just win the freaking League Cup, like anything. That time, it's like yeah. a little tiny trophy too. But I, I'd love yeah. to see us win it just to see us totally win something. Totally fine with that. Yeah, I'd be very, I'd be ecstatic. Holy crap! Over the uh, moon. Oh, I'd be crying. Yeah. So, uh, funny, funny, quick story. Uh, this past weekend, I was in Richmond, for uh, my wife was running a half marathon there. And of course, you know, I messed up my back, so I wasn't allowed to run the 8K portion of that. But um, so we're there and, you know, we're, we need somewhere to go eat the, uh, the night before. And I want to get a drink, want to get a beer. So we're like, oh, wow, just down the road, there's a bar. It's called Penny Lane. It's an English pub. Sweet. Uh, I know, let's, I know that. I know that bar too. Like, let's go there. And by the way, I just going to go ahead and say it. It was great. It was cool. All right. But I will say, you know, my wife has like a, a puffy Everton jacket and it's got the, you know, badge on it. Badge. Yeah. So as soon as we walk in, I, I, I look over, I'm like, I wonder if they're going to have like premier league stuff. I wonder if they're going to have like, a, you know, national team games on tonight. Maybe they got like a pregame on or something. I don't know. So we walked in and there at the host stand is a man folding a Liverpool flag. <laughs> as soon as i walk in and and i was like that answers my question <laughs> and uh, i look up and it's liverpool everywhere it's like just slathered all over the bar it is a liverpool bar and so we're like yeah. please for dinner to eat drink and he goes all right i'll and he looks at her coat and he goes i'll seat you uh, away from the liverpudlians don't worry <laughs> so it was cool though because to be honest with you it wasn't like one of those like weird things where they saw sure. and they were like you know it actually to be frank with you i like the fact that there's an american bar that's dedicated to like i i'm more about like soccer culture right now and yeah making of sure course that we are getting that going um but i will say the second time we went and had a drink there the night after like just to get a beer he totally sat us right underneath this huge picture of stevie g He's like, is that fine for you guys? And I'm like, well, you got me next to this guy, but whatever, man. You know, I was, yeah, I was like, yeah. You got me next to the Aston Villa manager. You know what I mean? What's up? Right. But, yeah. What, what else did he do in his career? I don't know. He's just managing Aston Villa and Rangers. That's it. But it was but they were it. actually the guy was like really cool. Uh, but it was yeah, I'm sure it was yeah. one of those weird things that you have that moment where you you're expecting like a record scratch. Yeah. You know, yeah. You the place. Everybody's <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. But the music but stops. <laughs> It was cool. I got like some kind of a uh, chicken curry dish. It was lovely. Oh, was chicken tiki masala. I don't know. It was just a cool little, you know, cool experience. Yeah. And I, so anyway, anyway, back to what we were talking about. I just had to. I just realized it was like, oh yeah, I experienced with decent cup eye the other day. It was all right. Mm -hmm. Could have mm -hmm. been a lot worse. 
Um, so Reddit question, and I'm just going to go ahead and preface this for everyone. We get dedicated, thoughtful questions from Nine Yoshi Five like often. Okay, it's almost every time we put a call out. Uh, this person is great, very thorough. Well, this time Yoshi has put it forward three questions, and they're like little mini essays. It's, okay. It's staggering okay. how much effort went into this. Okay. So I just I just want to say that out loud. All right. Uh, it, it seems like everything's important that's on there, so I can't really skip anything, but I'll just try to get through this. Sure. So question, question one. It is well known that we've been crying out for an alternative permanent replacement for Coleman at right back for a number of seasons now, but we are digressing away from the underlying... Are, are we digressing away from the underlying problem? If we can't land an right back alternative, then if, the, uh, if there are suitable players that have a long-term future at, say, left back, midfield, and other areas of the park, then can we pluck from lesser leagues like Leicester did with Vardy, uh, we did with Coleman, Arteta, Cahill, and even Baines for a mere five million from Wigan, even though they were really excited in, then uh, would that be such a bad thing? For low fees, we could resell for much bigger profit if they turn good, it's clear as soon as we have a slew of injury problems like the, this and last year, we lack depth and cover. Our recruitment should be, plan should be to plan three to five years ahead, yet we're down to one available proper right back, not including Kimmy, Kenny, uh, given his likelihood to leave this year and left back now. Is it our recruitment team that is failing to bring in proper talent or is it youth coaching staff failing to help our youngsters reach their, reach mm. their potential? Uh, mm. I'm just going to say, Yoshi, Good question. Uh, the claws, the claws are out, and uh, Yoshi question. choosing violence. I chose violence yes. today. Did. Yes, uh, it's a very good a question, though. There's a, there's so, a lot to it, actually. So you want to start with: uh, Is it a bad thing to buy from lower leagues for lesser fees? No, I, it's. I agree. <laughs> no, that that's a very straightforward thing, um, and. Uh, some, you know, something needs to change with the way the club has been operating for since Mashiri took over. Uh, what we've been doing, buying players for very high fees and them just not working out. And then, you know, whether they're established players or not, we have not been hitting on very many diamonds. We haven't, you know, and I think when you think back when they hired Steve Walsh, right, as director of football, and there was all this hubbub made about, he was the guy who found Conte and Mares for Leicester and you know, on and Vardy and all this other stuff. Like he was a guy who found these people in these lower leagues in France. Uh, he, you know, he's going to do this for us. What we did was we gave a guy who was a scout the responsibility of negotiating deals. So we, we, we took something that he did already and made it that much harder and that much more of a responsibility for him. So the guy, like, the again, yeah, I mean, we can go right to the recruitment question. It, it's more, it's recruitment and it's youth coaching. Um, you know, Jerry, I'd like you to say something first because there's a lot I could say about this. And I want, I want you to, I want to hear your opinion first. Um, I, I would hope, I would hope that Marcel Bronze knows some players in lower leagues that he's willing to take a risk on. Okay. Because it is a risk, Right. These are players who don't have much don't have much experience at the top level in England, right? right. Um, the assumption is they don't, and mm -hmm. so there is a risk. And a lot of and if it doesn't pan out, then you got the the naysayers immediately like, "What did you expect? Look where they came from, 
you know, and there's going to be sure. that. Yeah. Uh, having said that, it's not, I'm very down with some calculated risks when it comes to that stuff. You know, yep. um, I think if you ask anyone, people would have been way more excited about if we, if we were to sign Gabriel for the same amount that we signed Godfrey. Right. Yep. And, and Godfrey had just been in the premier league, but he, he was back down in the championship. Right. So I believe that's correct. Mm -hmm. yep. um, so, uh, so yeah. So my thing is, yes, I do believe, I think the championship is an equal, equal tier league to, to a lot of other foreign leagues. And there's a lot of good talent to be had there. Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, usually younger. Oh, yeah. And, and so I, I'm very, I think it's a great plan. I love the idea of doing it. I'm, I'm not really one of those who likes to say, oh, I was right. You know what I mean? And not that anybody gives a shit if I did. You know what I mean? So that's the thing that I would hope Bronze and a lot of the people at Everton would start to figure out, you know, because yeah. there's a lot of stuff I don't know that they really care what our opinion is is and are and oh well there's they don't the people at the club don't really care what our opinion is on the way the club operates at all honestly yeah. besides yeah. like match day experience or whatever mm -hmm. um there is a model that everton needs to follow for clubs that has been uh or is being used by and and, and the one that always comes to mind is lester um Look at what Leicester have done for themselves. Uh, and you have to look at who Leicester were as a club before they won the league mm -hmm. uh, a few years back. They were a club who never, I don't think they'd ever won a major trophy before that one. So they were a club that had just been in the Premier League. They'd been in the top league, the first division, what do you want to call it? They yo-yoed and they were a yo-yo club. And that one, they'd been around a long time. And that was their history. And they came in and they got things right. Uh, you know, you could call it luck, but, you know, with the players, they got a player, really, it's Conte who carried them. He, he really is probably the best defensive midfielder in the world. The guy is just yeah. unreal. He's yeah. a workhorse. He's great in the tackle. He's great technically. Like he is very much a fantastic player and he's the player that yeah. carried Lester to that championship. Um, he's so top to bottom with everything. Yes, you know? exactly. He, he's, he's the kind of player that like will not be flashy. He's not going to, you know, we all know who he is. He's just an incredible, incredible midfielder. Um, but they got the recruitment right and they did it right by, by taking calculated risks on young talent. And that's the main mm -hmm. thing that there's a key word there and it's young. And mm -hmm. what Everton have not done is gone for young talent. They've gone for established talent. You look at Sigurdsson, you look at Clausen. Sandro was a young guy, but he was still 21, 22. I mean, I'm talking like what Crystal Palace have done, bringing in Connor Gallagher. You know, mm -hmm. you look at what West Ham have done. And with Declan Rice, you know, and he's, he's their player. Like he, he is a homegrown player for them, but you look at Declan Rice, you look at the, they have a right or left back. I can't remember his name. Johnson, I think who they got from the lower leagues. That's really performed well for them. Um, and, and they just, they get their recruitment, right? Because they're not, there's no carousel of managers, man. Like we, we are very fickle as a club and it started with Martinez and the fact that he brought in Lukaku permanently and didn't, have any money to invest in other areas of the squad that really needed it, but we needed Lukaku. We needed to bring him yeah. back. We needed that token striker. And he's the guy who carried us for four or five years, but we never just, we're never able to get all the pieces together and get them right. Yeah. And it's been like that since Mashiri took over. And now we're at a point where we can't spend money 
And we are now forced to go into the bargain bucket and get people like Tamari Gray and Andrus Townsend um, and, and Asmir Begovic. And because we don't have a choice, because we have to bring in somebody. If we don't bring in anybody, we're going to get relegated. We're going yeah. to be a club that's very much struggling and fighting for survival. Um, and now with financial fair player hands getting forced, but also with the way soccer is now, like you cannot just go and say, I want this young talent from the championship and think you can just pay 3 million pounds for him. No, we looked no. with Max Ahrens in Norwich. We, we, everybody wanted them, but Norwich wanted 30, 35 million for them because clubs yep. know the value of their players now, especially an English player. What the English premiums are real thing. And when a club wants to buy an English player, especially a young English player, you're talking about a 200% increase at least on the fee. That's why I say Pickford's probably going to go for 60, 70 million. Like if he goes for 50, I think that'll be an insult. Personally, I don't know. Like they just really agree. need the money. They must have really needed the money at that point. But we, we need to follow a model where we, invest in a manager and we invest in a system and we continue to find managers that fit that system because all we're doing is we're going through managers. We went through Martinez who played Tiki Taka four, two, three, one small triangles. We went to Kuman, who just, I don't even think the guy's a, a psychopath with the way he plays soccer. He doesn't know how he wants yeah. to play. He wants to play Tiki Taka sometimes. And then it's other times he just wants to sit long and he doesn't set up a team either way. Yeah. Um, yeah. We went to a Silva who didn't really have, he had a season where he did well, we finished eight, but he didn't have a plan that was set for the players. And he, he didn't get players that fit his system still. And we are stuck with players that don't fit one system. And so mm -hmm. we continue to try to shoehorn players in and put Ben Godfrey at right and left back. And to play Alex Awobi in every single position except for striker in the front three and still watch him flounder and do nothing. And play Richarlison on the right and the left in the center because we just don't know where these players fit best. We don't have a manager who plays them in their best position and gets the most out of them. And people, I would love to see Rafa do that. I, I know his Liverpool connection. I, I just want to see any manager do that. I don't care who it is. I want to see somebody get it right for us. And it needs to, you know, when I talk about it with my mate, Danny, who's the one I talk about Everton the most with. He's very passionate about the club like I am. We say it starts at the top. It starts at the top with Everton, and it starts with the guy named Farah Mashiri. Yeah. It really does start with him and who he surrounds himself with and the decisions that they make for him. And we see there's now a rotation of board members at the club. Like It's just it's constant rotation. It feels like, like a freaking clown car at times. Like Nobody knows what's really going on and how the clubs run and who the hell is making decisions on transfers. Like yeah. we thought Marcel Brands was supposed to come in and do it's that. Like four yeah. different people. Man. And then all we hear, and then all we hear is, Oh, well, Mashiri signs off on everything. So, so he's the yeah. one who has the final say. So who really, what's the point of Marcel Brands job then? And we, it, it's just, we're a club in turmoil. We're in a mess. And I would love to see us get, I would love to see us get sold under Mashiri and just get to somebody who really knows football and has a plan to make something work like dang it like I, or, or, or I would i would be okay if, if i'm sure he began to like learn you know what i mean i, I yeah be, cool if he okay could do that, that too, if he wants to know? if if that's something See, that he yeah if his eagle because left. i agree because i agree with you man uh my my thing is you know you have a director of football you know let's let's have the director of football uh be given a, a blessing from from the board from everybody above right. to, to make his say, own decisions hey, yeah make your own decisions man let's dictate what's the type of style the style, type of play that everton football club are going to play let's think about that okay yep. and then let's think about when you, when you bring in a manager a manager that fits that 
when you when you're when you, then you start thinking about youth teams you start developing players that fit those qualities oh, didn't even talk about the youth team i mean yeah like we, we've got a great u18 and u23 setup they do really well in their respective leagues a couple of years ago the u23s won like they would did a double yeah. they won a, a the tournament and they won their league that's great that's dandy but <laughs> what what use does a u23 elite league title do for anybody what does that do that means that you had a system that worked well in one league like trait are you developing the players to the best of their potential because right now we're not seeing any players from our academy make it into the freaking squad man lewis dobbin will make it onto the bench ellis sims will make it onto the bench they make it onto the bench because we don't have other players to fill in they yeah. they don't get significant real game time dobbin gets like five minutes at the end of some games. Sims doesn't make it onto the pitch. John Joe Kenny's not cut out. He needs to go. Tom Davies, I feel for the guy. I like Tom Davies a lot. I met him in person. He's a really good, solid lad, but I, I don't know. I don't think he's fit for Everton. I don't think he's really a footballer in my opinion, but um, yeah, we just, we don't, we don't see like the level of coaching that we need to get a player into. And I know it's hard to make a Premier League player. I know it's hard. I know it takes a really special talent to be able to play in the Premier League, especially at 16, 17, 18 years old. But if, if it's not happened in the past five, six years, and it's only been Tom Davies, then what are we really doing? What are we really doing as an academy? And, and where is that coaching really leading these players? Because we see, um, we see players make it back from the Premier League that played at our academy before. I will say... Anthony Gordon's doing all right right now. Anthony Gordon, yes, I totally, yes, you're right. I totally forgot about Anthony Gordon. Yes, yeah. yes, I love seeing <laughs> Anthony play. Yes, and it's good to see him come into his own as a player. I did totally just skip over him. You want to know why? Because Gordon. because we take him for granted a little bit. Yes, because, yes, we you know, do. And, but um, yeah, man, no, I get it. I definitely get it. And I'm I'm with you. Uh, I I will be curious with all these injuries that we're having and with all these young players kind of filling in like Onyango is a player i've been really curious to watch more mm -hmm. yeah you know yeah that, that uh, injury was really bad for him it was a bad yeah, time yeah. for him to have that yeah yeah uh he was a player that i've, I've been really been waiting to see come back from injury yep. i was really curious to see if he could just fill in uh at the end of a game that kind of thing just to see that's the thing just, though is we just like don't it's see too them. early right we just i i don't know man like I I never think it's too early for a player if they're good enough. I think if you think oh, well, a player is good that's enough, that's always okay. Be the, yeah. Sure, like <laughs> like, I and mean, maybe if they really don't think they're good enough, then okay, you got to trust the decision of the coaching staff. You got to trust the decision of the manager. But I mean, they there's they've got to be better than what we have on the bench. They've got to be better than watching Tom Davies. I I hate going back to the guy because I really do. But like, it's just hard to watch him play. It's hard to watch Andre Gomez play. You know, mm. when it's not DeCoy or Allen in midfield, we don't know who's playing in midfield sometimes. We just, it, it doesn't feel like we have one. It gets bypassed very easily. And it would just or, be nice. To, or Delph now. Delph, yes, of course. I'd like to see Delph come in and play, but dang it. <laughs> yeah. I want to see, I want to see young guys from our academy yeah. play because I think that's what football's about. I think yeah, it's and about the thing is, don't you get players. excited when, don't you get excited when you see you get a, more excited. A young academy player? Just wait until getting, Gordon scores his first time. goal. Just wait until he scores his first I hope it's in the Derby. Oh, my God. Gosh, if he scores in the derby, it's going to go off. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, but there's, uh, you know, I, I'm curious to kind of see if because of our lack of depth, if these young players get more time as the yes. season progresses. I hope they do. And to see how they step up. And I, I will say I've been psyched at the fact that Rafa is putting these players on the bench. Yes, That's I agree. Cool. Yep. 
Okay. It's progress. That's, it's progress. Yeah. I do see, I do see some progress and I don't know if it means that the players are more ready or if it's Rafa's philosophy to be like, no, I'm going to try them because I think they should be tried now. So that, that I would, don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, it might be a needs bust with injuries. It, it might be, you know, they're training harder than the other guys, the more established mm -hmm. guys and okay. But I just, I want to see him get minutes. That's it. I just, I feel like at this point, sometimes like a lot of times with a season like this, it feels like it's going to be bust. It feels like it's going to be a 10th place, 11th place finish. So why not give some younger guys a chance to, to, you know, bleed themselves and to really go out there and, and learn their trade and make themselves a player. And who knows, they could really develop. And I, I, I look at Harry Kane and who he was before he really came into the forefront for Tottenham. And he was a guy who was going mm -hmm. out on loan and not really yeah. getting a lot of opportunities. And then one day Pochettino comes in and says, Hey, I'm going to give you a try. And he goes and yeah. he scores like 10, 10, 15 goals in the Europa league. And that was the making of Harry Kane because he got mm -hmm. the game time because he got the trust from the manager. That was the making of him as a, as a superstar forward. And that's what it takes to bring a young player into the forefront is to give them chances to trust them. Like, and if you don't trust them enough to play them, then I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I would feel like they would need to move on. You look at somebody like Thierry Small who went to Southampton. He, maybe he just didn't feel like he was going to get a chance. He saw that. You look at him, Cuckoo, who's gone on loan. Like, yep. he, had, he would have opportunities here. Maybe he's not good enough, but like, dang it, he'd have opportunities to play at a very high level, which is going to yep. help his game develop. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's always tough. Like, you want to give those young players opportunities, but then if, if, it's, if they don't pan out, then you as a manager, you as a club, you take flack for putting them yes. in too soon. Sure. Right. It's yeah. it's a weird line to walk. Ideally, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, ideally you want you want to play them because you want you, you see promise. You think you feel like they can, you know. So that's that's why I, I love the idea of when you're developing your academy, you develop certain types of players, a certain style yes. of play, and certain yep. players to fit that style of play. You know yes, I mean? and, 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 and a style of play should go from the first team through the academy. You yes. should have one style of play that the players learn from U11s up until they play in the first team. And that's yep. how you create players that are going to become superstars for you. It doesn't matter where they play for the rest of their career, but if they come in and perform in that system that's well-established, yep. then you look at – and I'm – it's the example, the prime example is Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool. The guy had that guy, that, that their system, the academy, they play the same way. And that's why so many academy kids come and they play so well in the system because they know it. They know it right away. You can't like you can't just expect to throw them in and they don't know what the hell they're doing because they've been playing a full four two for the past two years of their life, just lumping balls forward. Like yeah. It, you it's, learn roles on defense, yes. on, on attack, you know, you're you're seeing that you're you're playing a certain press, and now you know what the triggers yes. are because you've been doing yes. it already. Exactly. You know yes, what I mean? you've been you doing. That's what you do in training. What you do in yes. your U23 games. It doesn't matter. The results in U23 league don't matter. It's like the results in your U11. They shouldn't count. They shouldn't. They shouldn't keep track of them, honestly, because you're there to develop as a player. You're there to mm -hmm. get game time and be game fit, so that when the manager needs you in the first team and you you're training well enough to be able to get up there, you're ready to yeah. step in, and you're playing in the same system. And that's just not happening. It's just not happening. I'm with you. I'm, I've, we've had this conversation before on like uh, when I used to do a different Toffee Blues show with the guys in England. And mm -hmm. we talked about this before. I've talked about, with, you know, we have guests on the show. Um, and it's funny, like I know, I know of MLS teams, they try to do that. You know, yeah. like I know it's the New right York, thing to do. New York Red Bulls, they, they sit there. And I remember meeting a, a, a parent of a New York Red Bulls player. It was a young kid. 
like U14 team. Right. Right. And he said, the thing that impresses me is they're, they're getting these kids to play the same style as the, as the MLS team is. And exactly. they're teaching yep. them the same roles and teaching. And I was just like, that's impressive. And why in the hell is it done otherwise? Like, because can't... there's no, this, the stability's not there. The structure's not there. It's, it's what it is. And when you have a revolving door of managers and you've got them giving different ideas for the youth academy, and you've got a, a director of football that's got ideas for the youth academy and a head of youth development and a U23s coach and a U18s coach who all are not on the same wavelength and not on, you know, following the same picture for the way that players, they want to players to develop, then it's chaos and nobody's going to develop and you lose your talents and they go out on loan when they shouldn't go out on loan and they should be playing for the club. And, and then you get stuck in a situation like we're in where we're just, you shouldn't have to blank slate it every time you get a new man. Exactly. You should not exactly. have to be like, Oh, now we need something to match this manager who's totally different. You know what I mean? It's just, yep. yeah. Anyway, and I think that's one of the reasons why we're getting so many like of these pragmatist style managers because yes. they're just like, oh, I want to. We're going to do what we what I need to with what we have, yep. and I'm I'm going to make something out of what we have, and and that's it's just too much of that. Mm -hmm. of that you said you said you said uh, Yoshi had three questions. We've done oh my gosh <laughs> dude we 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 did the shit out of the first one that was the longest one by the way yeah sure. um second one why do our everton board seem so inept at communication when mm. i told you yoshi uh, the claws are out uh when mashiri arrived we heard him announce with some confidence that he was going to do great things at everton not let everton become a museum yet when uh whilst we see developments of a stadium which is true um <clears throat> when the going gets tough for them we hear very little is it a yeah. sign that mashiri is starting to lose interest in the club do you mm. think he'll likely sell after the stadium has been built to mm. recoup much of his losses hmm it's a good question um i'd imagine he's probably pretty frustrated because it's becoming a very big loss for him um, and it's not going the way I'm sure he would have wanted to pan out. I'm sure he would have imagined. And when he bought the club that we'd play, be playing Champions League football or at least European football right now, and mm -hmm. we'd be established and be, and be, you know, really looking forward to having a new stadium and kicking on more in terms of marketing and bringing in new fans and, and growing in the Americas and South America or wherever. But it is just not the case. And, you know, the one name that always pops up when it comes to Everton being sold is Al Shiruzmanov, um, who, Mashiri knows very well. Um, I could, you know, you know, him, Ryoshi bringing that up kind of just brought the idea of, well, you know, maybe the grand idea is to build a stadium and then sell it to Usmanov and then it really kicks into gear and we bring him. And like, who knows? I don't know. Who, who freaking knows what's going to happen, honestly? Um, I'd imagine he's pretty committed right now, but I, I do, I, I could go along with him wanting to sell it once the stadium is built. I could, like, I honestly could because then that's a huge asset. He can get more money for it. He spent a lot of money, invested a lot of money into it, and then. You know, he can walk away and say, well, I, you know, spent 10 years there or whatever, but yeah, I, they do. I, they think are if very results, I think if results get a little stronger, then I think he'll stay and he'll, you know, it yeah, will, I mean, if we were to it won't feel finish, like such a bummer, you know? Sure. I mean, yeah. I'm sure if we were finishing in a European place next year or something, then yeah. Okay. Why yeah. wouldn't you want something that's appreciating in value? But if right now Everton is depreciating in value, unfortunately, like I, at a pretty rapid pace, just because of the money we've spent on mm -hmm. transfers and they've not and we've not made any money back because we're not spending money on young players who we can sell on spending yeah. money on old people who are just going to depreciate in value and sure 
if they're doing there's, well there's the club, nothing wrong thing. with old people no not okay. at all i'm just saying i'm not at all no i'm an old person like if they <laughs> bought me right not. now I'd be <laughs> if they bought me i'd be considered an old player i'm 27 like i'd be like oh okay well he's not gonna appreciate the value <laughs> but it doesn't matter i mean if they're performing well on the pitch and you're getting results that's one thing but they weren't you like think of somebody like morgan schneiderlin who we bought for 25 million in January, gave him a hundred thousand pounds a week to play and do nothing. And then towards the end of the career, and then we let him leave for like 2 million. Like that's, that's the thing. It's like, we're letting these players leave for pennies. You look at Sandro Ramirez, who we were paying. Sandro kills me, dude. We oh paid so God. little for him, but we were paying him 150 a week for him to yeah, not play right? and to be off. Like genuinely like a, a bad player. Like I don't, I don't want to really heap onto the guy, but there's just so many instances. Look at Gilfie Sigurdsson who now just is probably never going to play for the club again because of all this stuff that's happening with who knows what's going to yeah. like that saga is going to unfold in the next few months yeah. i'm sure and it's going to be crazy it's going to be yeah. crazy it's good but who knows what's going to happen you have somebody like fabian delf who we brought in has just not been able to i don't think he probably has 50 appearances under his belt probably will never get to that mm-hmm. um davy clausen's another i mean we've said these these are names that everybody knows you know we could all sit here and rattle off a list of names where there have been failed transfers that are not making the club any money but the, the issue is that, again, what we said before, it starts at the top and it trickles down. And yeah. if the top is not going well and the top is chaotic and the board is chaotic, then everything else in the club is going to be chaotic because it all has to be structured well. you got to have the right yeah. people in place. And we haven't had them. Haven't yeah, had and them. I, I think it's the lack of communication is because of lack of confidence on their part. I think they see that there's not not everything is yep. going great. I yep. think if they felt yep. great about it, they'd be totally fine with uh-huh. putting out little videos and say, hey, yeah. this is yeah. our vision, la, la, la. But yep. I think they're super not confident and they're nervous. Yeah. Oh, of course. Well, they, they know that. And I think Mashiri, he probably didn't know what he was getting into when he bought Everton. I'm not going to lie. Um, because Evertonians are very volatile. Uh, they're very... Not all of them, but they can be very reactionary. And I think you you see that really spill out, especially when results start not to go our way. Um, you When freaking Rafa got hired, like like they will kick off and they will yeah. kick off really heavily and they'll really get involved and they'll protest at the stadium and they'll put up banners at the stadium. Like they will do things that are going to get on TV and be bad press for you and make yep. you uncomfortable as an owner or as a manager or whatever. And it's, I, I don't know, it's it's tough for them. <laughs> It's tough for them. I, I, I feel for Mashiri sometimes, but he's got to find a way to do it right by us, man. He really does. Um, Third question. Last, last question from Yoshi. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Everton do a great job with the community and our streets ahead compared to some other clubs in the same league. But after a few seasons of bringing well-deserved attention to Everton in the community, it's about time the club... Oh, wow. So this is... Let's, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Finish I didn't it, finish know it. that's what this was. So okay. it's about time the club focused on the team's results on the pitch, getting up to the uh, up the league to earn more share of the profits, get consistency in league positions, challenging for trophies, etc. It seems Everton are trying to pull a blanket over our eyes in, in not directly mm-hmm. addressing their flaws and lack of achievements mm-hmm. on the pitch and focusing on where they did well. Only doing the latter and settling for mediocrity in the league will only test the fortitude of Everton fans' patience. Can I start this one? Go for it. Go for it. Okay. So I think it goes back to his last question about communication. 
all right? Um, I don't think you take away those efforts. You know what I mean? I don't think you take away those efforts because I don't think those efforts, uh, like effort toward that draws any strength away from results on the pitch. You know what I mean? Sure. I, I yeah. just feel like they're different arms doing different jobs. And yeah. I think the real problem is that it's frustration with fans and what they're being told. So something bad happens in a game or we lose out on a transfer and then we get stadium news. Stadium news. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. and that's what I mean. It's, it, it's, that's, and that's where I think the heart of that question comes from. I feel like Yoshi is not saying, hey, that's cool and all, but it's not as good as other stuff. It's not as right. good as on-field sure. results. I don't think that's what Yoshi's saying. Yoshi's saying, you're throwing all this other stuff that you are doing well in front of us, but there's all this other stuff you should be working on. You need to acknowledge it. Yeah. And to be honest with you, like me with my kids, that to, to me is a thing with my kids. It's like owning a mistake. Own it. Yeah. You know, don't pretend it didn't happen. Don't sit there and be the kid that punched your little brother in the shoulder and your little brother's now sitting there going, why, why? And you're just like, you're like, no, don't pretend it didn't happen. Own it. You're like, yeah, I made a mistake. I punched you. My bad. You know what I mean? Right. At least own it. Own it. You chose to do that. You made a decision. If it didn't work out, you got to own it. That's yeah. my biggest, that's where I feel like this comes from is, is, is a lack of communication and owning past mistakes or owning the fact that we got to have a vision and this vision needs to be communicated. And that's what everybody's biggest concern is to me Yeah, is if we're making mistakes, okay, let's talk about it and let's, let's acknowledge that it exists. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's like, like you said, like we've said, it starts at the top. Um, I think something that's been a trend on Everton Twitter for maybe a year now has been the blame game. Um, yes. People don't know who to blame. And so kind of everybody just gets the stick. Everybody gets it. It's man. so comforting everybody. to be like, oh, you, it's your fault they scored. Yes. And One I'd imagine, guy. Yeah. And I'd imagine that that mentality is not just with the fans. I'd imagine that probably is mentality that's taken with people at the club and the board, maybe even on the team, um, is that there's a lot of fingers being pointed and a lot of buck bucks being passed. Um, and not a lot of people saying, oh, putting their hands up saying, okay, this is on me. I need to fix this. And yeah. I think, you know, th there's a point that was brought up to me by, by a friend. Um, and they said that Rafa, I think for Mashiri and for a lot of other people at the club is kind of just a fall guy. Like if things start to go bad on the pitch again, they can say, well, look, you know, the fans will direct the fury at Rafa Benitez because of his former Liverpool connection. What I don't think that people at the club get, though, is that Evertonians are smarter than that. Even though maybe for the past couple of years, we've like Yoshi's kind of said, we've kind of had the wool pulled over our eyes a little bit because we keep on holding on to hope um, and we're trustworthy and we, and we want to see the club do well. Um, I think ultimately, Mashiri and others at the club cannot escape what this season could become if it becomes disastrous. Yeah. And it will not be Rafa Benitez's fault. Um, I wouldn't even put the blame on the players per se, even though they're the ones who perform on the pitch. I mean, I think it's going to ultimately fall at the feet of Farah Mashiri and, and other board members and maybe even yeah. people like Marcel Brands. 
Um, mm-hmm. And as far as the, the Everton and the community goes, I mean, it's a fantastic charity that it should not be the forefront. I mean, yes, it is a great thing that Everton do and, and soccer clubs, especially in the UK, are pillars of the community and do a lot more than just exist to provide entertainment. Um, and that's a good thing. And when I've met directors at the club, because I've, I've met a few high ups at the club before, like their vision has been very in line with what the charity does and is being more than a club. And that's a great vision to have, you know, and I can totally understand where the frustrations of the fans come from because you can be more than a club off the pitch yet on the pitch, you act like amateurs. I totally get where that frustration comes from, but Everton, the community should never be associated with anything that happens on the pitch. Their name should never come out of your mouth when you're talking about Michael Keane or the way the team report is going to perform against city because it just they're just totally irrelevant what the club does with the charity mm-hmm. is totally irrelevant to what happens on the pitch and, and the, the money that's invested into the charity does not take away from anything that happens with the football but there's not so much mm-hmm. money going into that and so much time and effort going into that right. that it's taking away from what's happening on the pitch and yet at the same time i get the frustration of like well they're rolling out the charity again after we you know got smacked by whoever five now when we lost to Watford 5-2 and you get stadium news or you get charity news about some or some you know the media team wins a uh, an award or something for like Northwest whatever like like I get I get where the frustration comes from though because they're papering, papering over cracks by like you said trying to put forward things that are good rather than owning up to mistakes or or but how do you how do you own up to mistakes as a club how do you do that on social media like do you have him pin a letter to fans and put it out there for him to read because that can get pretty embarrassing you'd have a You'd have to do one every week. It feels like sometimes. So. True. I think what you do is what I what I like is when you have a plan and and you're confident in the plan, sharing that plan with people is usually is sure. nice. Well, you that's know, the issue think, then. Yeah. You know, that's what I that's what I'd like, and that's why yeah. there's clearly too many. You know, it's I don't want to sit there and cliche the shit out of this, but there's a lot of cooks in that kitchen, eh? Yeah. And uh, you know, it, it's so that's what I it seems like so to, for yeah. someone to kind of come forward and say okay well we've been we've been quiet um for a while uh but just just to kind of let you know because i mean who was it villa that came forward and they i guess it, they, i guess it was villa and they were communicating hey yeah we sold sold a great player right sold a great player yeah um and here's oh they did thinking. yes like, they did like forward. a big video yes yeah, yeah. i remember so, that yeah you know what I mean? Well, it's, it's transparency, like, right? Uh, yeah, people transparency. Seek. And people, yep. yeah, and it's it builds trust. Yep. You know, because that's the thing is you start when when you don't hear anything, their paranoia builds, cynicism builds. Yes, rumors start. Yeah. Yep. So I totally get so, it. So anyway, um, I get where you know all these questions. You know, they're they're cutting, but I I think we both kind of. We get where Yoshi's coming from. We get the, the the mindset. Well, and and his and his his words are a reflection of a lot of other Evertonians. Like yeah. it, it's yeah. it, I'm glad he's brave enough to say it and brave enough to ask us to talk about it because it's not something that's a minority of fans. I don't think it's a minority of fans that feel this way. I think it's a at least 40, 50 percent of fans that feel this way that that really mm-hmm. feel like the club is being let down by the people that are running it right now and. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of people that would rather die than see Everton go mm-hmm. under. Trust me. So um, last questions, then we move on to the quick city preview. Sure. We say quick. 
they're gonna be good. <laughs> All right, that's my that's my preview. They're gonna be so good. Uh-huh. All right, so so uh, John's questions are uh, they're quick. Um, number one, Jesse Lingard at Everton, yes or no? No, no, nope, 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 no, 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 no. Been down that route. Well, we've taken outcast from other clubs. Sorry, but no. He had a great loan spell at West Ham because he had something to prove and wanted to play for United. No, I I think if we did that, that then we're just we haven't learned from our mistakes in the past. And no, just no. All right, devil's advocate. No, devil's uh, advocate. There's no devil no. to advocate no. for. Uh, I. So in all, in all seriousness, I don't, I don't hate the suggestion, um, only because I had a United fan at work talking to me about Lingard. Yeah. saying that one of the things that was really given in trouble um, when he got loaned to West Ham is he was having some mental health stuff, some emotional stuff. Sure, yeah. Um, They've been at which, United a long time. Yeah, and well, and so it, it was getting to him. And so he went off and got a fresh start. And I got the impression that, you know, he just wants to play, period. Yeah. And that maybe right. getting away from United would be good for him, sure. period. But it, what know. is he? He's 29, 28 years old. Again, I just, I just, I think for is me, is he that a, old? I, he's pretty. He's not. He's not a young player anymore. He's okay, not, he's, I got. I got to look that up because if look being it up real quick. 29, you're right. That is a bit old to me. Older than I was expecting. I'll put it that way. Um, this should be he's 29. Super fast. He's 28, 29. Now. I was born in Warrington. I didn't know that. So he is 28 or 29. He's 20. He's 28. He'll be 29. Sometime gotcha. this year, he's born in '92. Oh yeah, like soon. He'll be 29 soon. Yeah. If he was, if okay. he was 24, 25, okay, maybe. But 29, man. Again, that's like it, to me. That's like Theo Walcott all over again. <laughs> and I think, uh, yeah. I, I don't think it's as bad as Walcott, but I agree with your age assessment. Uh, like I don't necessarily agree with uh, a player that has some, maybe some mental and emotional issues at one club, and he could find a home at your club and do really well. I know. I look at. I mean, if. I mean, we look at the fact that, you know, Demar Demar Gray left Leicester, wasn't doing all that great, goes to Leverkusen, right. isn't doing all that great, and then he comes to us, and he looks awesome, looks great. Yeah. Yeah. So he's it's, still got it's a lot just, to prove to me. It depends okay. on it here. Well, it, and it's well, of course, totally. <laughs> but uh, but at the same time, it's great. I think it's a way better transfer yeah, than anybody sure. would would have thought. Yeah, and for the for the money too. I mean, you can't complain. He's still got time to grow and learn as a player. But does he um, does does Lingard fit a profile for the type of soccer you want to play? That's what I'm wondering. So I think he's a good player. I don't want to spend the money on him because my big issue is it wouldn't a, be much. It, it'd be ten million maybe. And honestly, I mean, at ten still, million, yeah, it's just still it's I don't know. I just there's no I resale think you can't value. keep doing the same thing. I can't well, again resale value is one thing, but if the player's performing well for you, okay, resale the map value doesn't matter because he's giving you that value on the pitch. But mm-hmm. we've just been burned so many times by buying this sort of player in this age range with this same sort of profile, played at a bigger club and either didn't make it or is you know starting to get phased out. Like we need to start buying players that are just more hungry. I don't know. Like, I don't want to question Lingard's hung, the, how hungry he is to be a successful player. And he obviously still has some years left in him, but I'm just, I think we need to look elsewhere. We need to look younger. We need to look at building a team and trusting a process rather than 
trying to find quick fixes because we've been I trying will, to find quick fixes for four or five years. I agree with about 95% of what you're saying. 95% of it. The only thing is like, especially the age thing, but um, I, I'm not opposed to taking a, a 24, 25 year old player from a, sure. yeah. a, 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 diff, a different, like, you know, quote unquote, bigger club. I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, you just need to be careful with it. I think it's yeah. the main thing because you could yeah. start paying them a lot of money. And then it's like, you look at somebody yeah. like Alex Awobi, um, who we haven't mentioned at all in the show so far, but the guy, yeah. we spent a lot of money on him and he's still young. He's 24, 25 years old, just like you said, but he hasn't come in and really performed well and he's not been consistent and he's play, playing every week. So if he's mm-hmm. going to find form, he needs to start finding it or what's the point in him playing. So we haven't had a lot of good examples of that, of that particular type of system. Nope. Buying a player nope. working for us nope. lately. Nope. Just nope. Not since, not since so. Moyes really. Moyes was yeah. able to find the players that really fit his system and they, they came hungry. They worked hard. Like you think of like a Tim Cahill. You think mm-hmm. of Mikel Arteta. I mean, you think of Stephen mm-hmm. Pinar, Leighton Baines. I mean, there's 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 so many great players that that Moyes bought. He's he's a manager mm-hmm. with a really good eye for players. You see that West Ham, like, yeah. man, God, I'm jealous. I don't want to be jealous of West Ham, but God dang, am I jealous of West Ham, man? I right now, it. I hate it. Yeah, I know, I know. I can't stand it. But yeah, I think the only the only thing where I would say is uh, I would prefer to do it case by case basis. You know sure. what I mean? Just uh, yeah. but. But overall, I think your point, uh, it would be my point as well. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize his age. I thought he was younger. I thought he was like 26. Because the media still makes him out to be young. He was 26-year-old, and they were saying he was still a young player. Like, come on, man. Come on. Like 26, I give him him some interest. But 29, because he is, he will be by the time we could get him. Yeah. No. Yep. All right. um, Question two, Rohan or Gondor? Gondor. I got the tree of Gondor right here, man. Do you really? I do. I have the tree of Gondor right there. I can't show you. I got a long sleeve on, but yeah, I got the tree of Gondor. I got, I got smog. I got the, what the ring of power, like, yeah, but I'm Gondor all the way. You know, that's, that's the city of men. They stand tall. Minas Tirith standing tall. Yeah. Like, come on. It's gotta be yeah. Gondor. And I know Rohan's I... beautiful. Horses are great. Gondor, man. See, here's the thing. I'm more of a Gondor person as well. I, I, it took me a second though, because there are aspects of like, I feel like Gondor is very, um, looks down their nose at yes, Rohan a yeah, little bit. I get it. I don't, yes. I don't like that. You know, that sure. bugs me. That's why I think at heart, I, 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 I could think some Rohan thoughts, but I'm more of a mountains guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm more get of it. a mountains look. You know, I, I'm not really flat and I'm not a horse riding no planes, guy. rolling planes. Yeah. Right? That's not, yeah. That's not my. Yeah, I'm more more of a uh, put me in the mountains. Yeah, and that the symbol of that you know, tree. I'd prefer to be in the Shire personally. That's where I'd like uh, yes, to be. Yes, uh, the Shire. Yeah. That's it. Okay, I I like that. I also I, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. Uh, I'm a Rivendell guy. Yeah, Rivendell's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. It's I'm a river guy. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, like oh, yeah. the the rivers that go through the Shire are a little more slow moving, more like the right. deep south. You know what I mean? Like, like the creeks. kind you would catch like straight up catfish in. Yeah, they do. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah <laughs> no, they do. I, I, but, 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 uh, but yeah, man. So it's that the thing about, but uh, like the, you think about like straight up like the coziest place on earth. Oh yeah. Oh man. 
I would love to have a hobbit hole. I'd kill for every, that house. Every single time we as a family, we watch one of those and they're, they're in there and, oh man, my whole family's just like, we want to go for, you know. Let's build one. Let's find a hill. Yeah, build one. Right? <laughs> oh, the round doors. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, final question. Film you like, but others might not. Starship Troopers. Uh, yeah, I love Starship Troopers. Everybody, actually. Like... Uh, everybody I know likes that movie. Okay, well then, fair <laughs> enough. Well, dang it. No, uh, no, no, really. But I know a lot of people when it came out that didn't. It came out yeah. and it got panned by a lot of folks. And yeah. I went. And that was one of the first blue, uh, first DVDs I ever bought, man. Okay, no way. Yeah, it was a good one. That was yeah. like one of my favorites growing up. It was really gory, and I love like. I love monster movies. So it was like giant bugs too, which are really always really interesting. And so it was just cool. It was a good movie. And it was, it was, you know, kind of making fun of like war movies and, and stuff back then. But at the same time, it also did, it took itself seriously without taking itself too seriously. It was good. It was a good movie. There's a lot of goo. A lot, a of, lot goo. of goo, man. Still a lot of good practical effects. Cronenbergian, practical effects. like, yeah, practical. Yes, exactly. Yeah, like weird. Mm. Like, yeah. So, ah, there's uh, there's a lot of like goofy satire. It had, early uh neil patrick harris yeah like, neil patrick harris yeah. it was like short it was like it, he had had a little time after doogie hauser but before he became like this massive cultural icon yep. he showed up in uh you know harold and kumar go to white castle yeah you know so it was like it was <laughs> yeah. this weird time where it was like uh -huh. what even is neil patrick harris anymore yes yeah uh, it was a strange movie and then all of a sudden you're like by the way it's a movie you feel like, oh, it's sci-fi. Maybe I can show my kids. Boom, nudity happens. Yes, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's like a shower scene. There's like 10 naked people there. It's like, oh, yes. great. Okay, well. <laughs> he comes out of nowhere. So, yep. yeah, but I, I, I got to be honest. That is one that has aged really well. It has, really actually. Well. It has, and the yeah. effects are very cool. Because it's good, it's, it's like early CGI, but they didn't do too much. Yeah. They had good practical effects. They, they blended it real well. Yeah, cool. they did a good job with it. I like, I like, I watch a lot of like '80s horror for the practical effects. Like The Thing is my favorite horror movie, and it's just all straight like claymation really practical effects. One. All it's good, man. It's good. It's not like I watched it recently with my girlfriend. So I was like, oh, you gotta watch this, and she was she was just laughing at it because of course it looks so fake now, but. Yeah. I, I was like, come on, man. Like, you got to appreciate, like, this guy's head attached to the ceiling and they burned it and then it came off his body and turned into like a spider thing. Like, come on, that's action. That's yeah. ah, chef's kiss. Yeah. Very, right. uh, very, uh, like, if, if you ever, like, the uh, Evil Dead movies and Army of Darkness. Oh, yeah. The practical effects in those are nuts. It's Army so of Darkness. Crazy. That's a good one. Just straight silly stuff. Uh huh. Um, there's and there's genuinely unnerving parts in the first two movies yeah. too. Oh yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, um, I didn't know where to go with this question. I'll be honest. Okay. I, I, I like a lot of stuff. I, I will say this. Here's one that I know for a fact. Um, makes me a cinematic idiot to all of my friends. Okay. I saw Avatar in the theater. Hmm. I didn't hate it like the the blue james one cameron. like the blue people yeah james cameron out but, hmm. i didn't hate it and here's the thing as i'm watching and i'm like well i've seen this story before it's like pocahontas princess yes. Monoki. it's right. it's the same story it has yep. been done uh for some reason 
I don't know why. There was some weird, stupid stuff that I did, but I just kind of went along with it. Yep. Just went along with the journey. And I go back to film school after watching it with my brother and kind of having a cool movie moment with my little brother, you know. <laughs> and I go back to film school and I'm like, yeah, I saw it. Yeah, it's all right. And they're like, it is stupid as hell. And, you're <laughs> and I was just like, ah, well, you're out. Kick your out. Yeah, you're done. It's just like, it was all my friends were like that. And, and I remember like the big, huge dagger in their heart was when it got, it won the Oscar for best cinematography. Yep. And there's no real cinematography. It's all like special effects and CGI. Yep. Yep. And there's no reason it should win. It's like people think that just because pretty images are the screen, that that makes cinematography. Right. You know what I mean? And that just it blows my mind. And so, and so, and that's the thing. Like, I didn't want it to win that, but they blew their top, dude. So now all these film people have this like axe to grind with Avatar. It's actually sort of funny. And there's another <laughs> one coming. Oh, I know. I can't believe they're making another. It's crazy the way they'll just cash in on anything. Like, all right, make it a series, five parts, TV show, anime. Yeah. Put out two comic yeah. books, make them limited release. Yeah. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of other movies that I that I like that, that other I don't people watch hate, a lot of movies. Do, personally, I don't watch I, a lot I, of movies. I like a lot of bad movies, and typically, sure. the other people who are like me like those bad movies. So I can't sit there and be like. Oh, Birdemic. Yeah. Oh, you know, Birdemic. Birdemic. It's, <laughs> it's terrible. And I love it. You know? You know, you give me give me Birdemic or Troll 2 or something oh. just straight up stupid. Oh my god. Like that. They're eating him. And then they're gonna eat me. Oh my god. <laughs> it's terrible. They made a whole documentary about that movie. All right, because it's so bad. Called best worst movie. Jesus, it's good. What? Yeah, it's a great documentary. Uh, have you just just one last little side note here before we go to city? Have you seen Tiger King season two yet? No. Is it okay. out already? Yeah, it's out. I'm I'm like almost done with it. It's, it's weird. It's weird. It's just weird. I I watched the whole first. You know, it was during pandemic. First season was like, good. The first season was good because it. Joe Exotic is a cool guy. I like Joe Exotic. Like, yeah, he's, they're all kind of shitheads. They're all, excuse my language, like they're all kind of crappy people, honestly. But, you know, for entertainment value, Joe Exotic was the best one. And he at least made it interesting. Everybody else is like, well, it's his fault and that fault. And freaking, they all, I don't even know. It's not, it's not about like the Tigers anymore. It's just now about like the lawyers and stuff who are trying to make yeah. money out of it. Oh. You'll see. You'll see. If you watch it, you'll see. It's weird. My favorite character in the first season who I was just like, wow, what a badass. It's that worker who worked on the zoo in the zoo and got their arm, arm like, yeah. eaten off and then yep. went back to work there. And you're just like, what? What? Are you, are, is, are you okay? Like, are you okay up here? Or are you just a total badass? Total like, badass. Yep. You know, that's mm -hmm. what I thought. I was just like, that's, so we finished that and I was just like, well, that one, that, that they're great, mm -hmm. you know, but everybody else is kind of like, you either feel so super sorry for them or you're just like, damn, how terrible are they? Like, damn, they you know, suck. They really yeah. suck. Like that's like 9% of the people that show up in that thing. They really suck, man. Yeah. They for one suck. Reason or they're another, like yeah. criminals, <laughs> like they're straight criminals. 
city, anyway, city all away. Right. That's that's that done. City away. Just blab out a bunch of stuff real fast. Oh boy, yeah. Shockingly, they're second in the Premier League right now, seven two mm. and two, twenty three points. Previous uh, few matches, they two uh, 0 win over United, four one win uh, in the Champions League over uh, a Bruges or Bruges, mm-hmm. or I'm still working on the pronunciation of that based yeah. on who I speak to whom I'm speaking. Right. Uh, they took a two 0 loss to Palace, and before that, they lost in uh, I guess it was the league cup uh in oh yeah to west ham yeah west ham yeah yeah um possible lineup you're gonna see ederson uh walker uh, ruben diaz possibly stones uh joao cancelo uh de bruyne rodri and then i don't know if we're gonna see gondawan or not maybe maybe not uh mm-hmm. a couple of websites said they thought that bernardo silva may <laughs> be in that middle three he probably will. I, I think if he scored he played well against united i think he'd probably make it if he's fit but he but he sometimes goes up top for that or he'll play on the right well. too so yeah kind of yeah um and you could see uh jesus uh foden Grealish, maybe mares uh there's some i mean take your pick yeah i think we'll see sterling start personally i think i think this is the kind of game where he'd want to, to start sterling to try to because boost, boost their value exactly well to boost his value or just to to you know give him some confidence going into the to december where they're going to have to play a lot of games i think it's the kind of game where sterling would come in and score a goal and play well because we're just so vulnerable to speed and we're so vulnerable to anybody who can dribble we don't have anybody really in our back four who can stop somebody getting past them that's what if other than yeri mina everybody else is just not good enough in the tackle um, and so I, I, I took some time earlier today and, uh, and I watched back that palace game. Yeah. Um, and palace played really well. So, so all they did was they just pressed city and, and they pressed them. They pressed their back line. They made it difficult for them to play out. Um, and they just hit city in the counter and used their pace. Um, and they scored their first goal. It was a great goal from Zaha. It was, again, it was just all Gallagher Zaha, just pace and getting people out in the open, uh, winning the mm-hmm. ball back high up the pitch. And then. They frustrated him so much that you know eventually Laporte gets sent off because he is you know uh, who I think it was Edward or Zaha was about to run into open space and Laporte just tackles mm-hmm. him down when there's nobody back to cover and they just frustrated City they 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 just pressed on the front foot and stayed really solid at the back and it was basically yeah. like a front three pressing and just trying to hit those passing lanes and make it hard for them to get out and it worked really well. Could we do that? I mean, we'd have to really rely on players like Richarlison and Damari Gray and Andrus Townsend or Alex Iwobi or Anthony Gordon to set that tone. And I think if, if Anthony, I think if we saw like Gray Richarlison, Anthony Gordon, I think you could see that because they've got the pace, they've got the desire. They're willing to make run those yards. I think Gordon especially has been somebody who's willing to put in that defensive work to be able to, to get his opportunities up, you mm. know, to get on the pitch. Um, I really hope we see Decore back. I think that was kind of the game was for him to come back after the international break as I hope Yuri Mina is still fit. Um, because if we have them back then we at least at the very least we have like some glimmer of hope. Yeah. Because I think if you see Allen and Davies and Awobi and Keen and Holgate start, I think it could be five zero. I think we could get smacked. Well Colgate can't start, right? Oh that's right. He's suspended, yes. Well then I don't I don't know Keen so Wait Keen and Godfrey, hey. yes. Hey. <laughs> 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 victory <laughs> not nah, so take it with where you can get them <laughs> yeah man uh yeah i don't i don't know if i trust us to, to have a similar i don't know if we have the pieces that uh yeah, palace or the do. confidence yeah 
yeah i think we'd we'd we'll possibly approach it differently i mean i yeah i it doesn't shock me at all you know with the with the players that they have uh that palace was able to kind of give them some fits uh yeah uh but um yeah i i do expect us to hang back i'll be psyched if nina's back that'd be great yeah i mean that'll help a lot with our set piece situation um because the last thing you need to do is be giving away set piece goals to a team like city when they can already cut through you so easily yeah um yeah i mean shoot man at this point i take nil nil i take it any day of the week just get through it try to try to get three points at brentford and and just make something happen in the derby and and hopefully mm-hmm. kick on our season from there but yeah I, I, you know, I, it's going to be a game where we don't have a lot of possession. It's going to be a yeah. game where we're sitting back a lot and it's a game where we're, it's going to be open for them to attack us. And I think that's what scares me the most because they could, they could score in the first couple of minutes. And then from there on, it's going to be, we're not going to be able to get back in the game. We just won't, yeah. we won't have the players. We won't have the system. We won't have the legs. So we just got to hope, we just got to hope we can hit them on the counter and smash and grab Yeah, and hope for the best. I think we'll see, uh, Pickford, Coleman, Keane, Mina, Lucadine. Yep. Um, you could see Godfrey in there instead of Keane. I'm not sure. It's I would it's love tough. to see Godfrey and Mina, actually. I would love to see Godfrey and Mina. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I, I'm I'm borderline because I feel like Godfrey this season, you've seen him like sucked out of position often. Yep. Absolutely, I feel like City yeah. or a team you could that that absolutely do that. That's a good point, actually. It's a very good point. That, but I also think that he's a quicker defender than Keane, and we're mm-hmm. talking about one of the quickest teams in the league. Mm-hmm. So yep. I think you get pros and cons with both. You know, yep. I think either way, you're going to be giving up something. Um, I think as so long as we have Mina, Mina's going to be the main thing. If we don't have Mina, I don't, it doesn't matter because it'll be Keane and Godfrey anyways, but I don't think we have a hope in hell of being able to keep yeah. a clean sheet. Um, In front of them, I think we'll see uh, Delphin Alon. Alon. Yeah, I I really hope DeCorey's back fit. Um, but if he's not, then yeah, I think Delphin Allen are along. I don't know why I was under the impression I didn't think DeCorey was much of an was going to be much of an option. Yeah, I I am sure I saw that the game aim was for him to be fit and in time for this game. I will know more tomorrow at the press conference. I'm sure that'll be one of the first things they talk about. I'd be very happy if that. That'd be great. Yeah, it'd be nice to have him back. My favorite flipping player right now. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um. And I think you've got, uh, aside from that, um, you know, Gordon Townsend, Richarlison, and Damar Gray. I think that's, you could see uh, Iwobi, could, depending on yeah. what the plan is. Um, and later on in the match. I, I'd be really disappointed to see Iwobi start. I'd be really disappointed. I just I don't. Know. It, it would feel like we're conceding something yeah, you're it, not wanting to attack. It, I, I don't I don't know what he would offer that would because because he doesn't track back that well he doesn't put in an effort defensively it's you know he, he when he gets the ball he's making mistakes you know he's he just it's not I don't see why he would start and if he does then I'm going to be really really questioning Benitez's decisions again because I think Anthony Gordon's done enough to be one of the first names on the team sheet even though he's not scoring we're not scoring right now you know, he's putting in the effort. He's he's making good runs. He's he's trying to put in good balls. Whereas a Willie just mm-hmm. I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know what he sees in him. So mm-hmm. I'd be very disappointed if what we started. Yeah. Um at this point I 
I would say that there's something very positive about Gordon being on the pitch that gives a lot Absolutely, of people. Absolutely, yes. Um, Hope. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a hopeful thing for the for the club because you're. It's almost like, I don't know. Uh, it's like you're not going back to the well again. Yes. You know, it's it's like you're you're seeing the need for for something fresh. Yes. You know. Well, and, and, and he's comforting. he's a player that the fans already love. He's an Evertonian at heart. Like I think <laughs> to have a player like that in your team really makes a difference for. The, the effort they're going to give for the relationship yeah. they're going to have with the fans, you know, for what they can help the rest of the team understand about how to, to, to get the fans to love you. Like, I mean, they're, yeah. they're not going to, you, you think of Ross Barkley as somebody who should have been like that. And unfortunately he followed other you know, ambitions, whether it was money, whether it was winning trophies at Chelsea. I mean, the guy's gone there and really seen his career go backwards and I feel for him, but that's one more thing. Hey, don't bring Ross Barkley back, Everton. Don't do it. Just just be smart. Don't do even if it's on loan and you don't have to pay any wages. Just there's no point in doing it. You're just gonna make everybody pissed off as hell. There's the relationship between him and the fans is dead in the water. So don't do it, Everton. He and his agent cost Everton a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, they did. They, that relationship is very soured. And I'd be it'd be very disappointed to see him come back. It's not like Cam Newton come back to the Panthers, man. It's not. It's not like that because Panthers fans still love Cam Newton. Evertonians do not like Ross Barkley. I would like to say I I am a Panthers fan. Mm -hmm. I think we're better with Cam Newton. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But without a doubt, I don't. I don't love him. I'm. I'm fine with the fashion sense. Dress. Dress as much like that all day long. I'm fine. Yeah. It's. It's the me, me, me stuff. Mm, I get it. Yes, and that was the issue. He had in New England because New England's not that culture. No. Um, I totally. But get I do it. think I do think we're better with him. We, we oh yeah, we are. Of it. So we anyway, smack the team different, around. Different kind of football, but yes. you know, so that's just two North Carolinian, you know, <laughs> raised two dudes. Panthers fans. You don't meet <laughs> yeah. each other very often. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah. Anyway, so what do you think the score of this city game is going to be, man? Uh, let's go nil nil. I just I'll just pray to God nil nil. I pray. I don't think it'll positive. be nil nil. You're more what? positive than I. There's wow. yeah, that's I know. I wanted. I mean, I was sitting here thinking about it before. So I should just be like three one or something. You, like man. no nil nil. You know, just Good keep the clean you. sheets going. You know, I'll take ten percent possession, eighteen shots on target from City and nil nil. I'll take it. It's bad that I would. Yeah, I would. I would. I would absolutely take that at this point. It's a very Allardyce type of a feel. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a very oh, Allardyce type gosh. of a stat line. It's a yeah. terrible thing, and I hate remind remembering that that was a thing that happened yeah but yeah i've got i've got a two nil loss i don't i don't want it hey i mean Um, at least we're honest you know we could be the kind of guys like yeah we'll win one nil smash smash and grab like hey i'd love for that to happen but for my prediction if i'm gonna put money on it hey i'm gonna you know i'm gonna actually you know try to win some money yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right so uh with that, with those, uh, you know, I don't want to sit there and straight copy uh, a popular TV show, but on that bombshell that uh, that ends this, uh, yeah, that ends this this episode of Talk Blues USA. You made it. Congratulations. You made another show. Ooh, well yeah, done. that was um, good. Uh, do you have any, uh, have any plugging that needs to happen? Any shout outs anything where you're like uh, um hey get ready england to try to 
soak in. And when you see oh, me, don't don't assume that Andre Villas Boas has has come to scout <laughs> the club or right, anything exactly. like that. I'm any manager? <laughs> no, um, I don't like like I said, I don't like making a big deal about when I go over. I just want to go over and be another person that's there to enjoy the match. Um, even when I won that trip, like. They had me go in the fan zone and do like an interview. I was really sheepish. I was like, ah, you know, I'm just, I'm just here to enjoy it. Like I've been here before. Like I just, I don't, because I want, it's a special relationship the fans have with the club. I don't want to be somebody who tries to be a celebrity in the midst of that because it's just, I'm just, I'm just there to enjoy the club and enjoy Everton and, and love being around other Evertonians. And that's all. Uh, but you can follow my Twitter at USA EFC. You know, I, uh, I, all I talk about pretty much is Everton and then like a random uh, whiskey tweet every now and again. So like i follow you for your whiskey tweets yeah uh, by the way if you're oh, i'm gonna buy some going, scotch if, oh. if, you, if you're going with roger good luck guys yeah. you do i can't are wait going to be just oozing whiskey out your pores. yeah Holy i can't wait cow. oh you we're guys. gonna buy a nice bottle we'll all go in on a nice like 25 year scotch and we'll share it oh i can't wait Jesus. i'm gonna get something nice in edinburgh uh, i'm super jealous jesus well can't wait Good luck to you. Kick some ass. Hope, it, hope it's fun. I'm really excited Can't wait, to, man. to hang out with everybody. Nine days. Bask in the nine world. days. Nine days. I leave in eight days. Oh, my gosh. Jesus. All right. Well, so everybody else, you 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 could be you could be that, too. Just saying. So it's uh, very easy. Like, yeah. Come so, to me. I if see. you if you have questions, come to me. Like, I'm an open book. I'll tell you everything. All my experiences like. It's, it's, you know, I don't find it very difficult. I can direct you to the right people um, and, and enjoy your time in Liverpool if you do end up going because it's a fantastic city. Fingers crossed that I'm getting there by the end of this season. I hope you do, man. Something is happening. Just saying. That's all I'm saying. Yes. Good. All right. So other, other plug stuff. I need to say that, uh, there is a link in the description. If you're buying Everton-based stuff, uh, the link in the description will give you some form of discount and whatnot. So check out the link in the description. It should be down below. If, uh, if you're listening via podcast or YouTube, there's some information down there. Also, the Toffee Blues are selling merch now. So check out the Toffee Blues website. There's a Yeri Mina Christmas jumper you can check out. Uh, there's a a Howard uh, uh, shirt. There's all kinds of stuff that uh, that they've designed and put on there. So check that out. Christmas gifts abound on there. So check that out. I would also say I got my book uh, that I, I should be plugging. Yeah, ran up the Christmas more. moves. So yeah, uh, if you have a if you have a young a young person that uh, digs reading or being read to, uh, yeah. I, I wrote that and that the idea for that book came from the Toffee Blues. Uh, crazy enough, came from a joke. And all of a sudden, my imagination went nuts. And it's about a, a moose who wants to be one of the reindeer. He's in a sleigh and just decides to take up running because he doesn't know any other way. So it's mm -hmm. the weirdest. Yeah, it sounds like that doesn't make sense. But I swear to God, it makes sense. <laughs> uh, I swear damn. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> promise you. Uh, so, yeah. So anyway, check that out. Um, also, uh, if you could uh, follow the Topic Blues on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and check out the Topic Blues website for all things Everton content. Um, that's it. Not sure if I'm doing a show next week because I'll be in uh, in Florida for because uh, my my kids playing a tournament down there. So fingers crossed that goes well. Um, yeah, but if not, uh, at the very least, let's gosh, 
dare I ask for three points this weekend? You can dream. We can all dream. It's okay. Yes. Yes. Thank you. I, I need the permission. To dream. <laughs> yeah. You got to give yourself permission, man. <laughs> all right. Well, Forrest, thanks again, man. It's really good to talk to you, buddy. Thanks for having all me, right. Jerry. Everybody else out there, please take care of yourself. Much love to you. And uh, yeah, dream for three. Dream for those three points. All right, everybody. All right. Much love. Bye-bye.